The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets across him. Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. That pretty much sums it up. This is episode 23 of Give and Go. I'm your host, Rotas Wadera, and yep, the Americans, the U.S. women's national team has solidified their legacy as the greatest team of all time, or if not, arguably one of the greatest teams of all time. We will get all into that very soon. But first, I got to tell you a little bit about Girls Soccer Network, right? The podcast, you got to make sure you subscribe to it. You can tell Siri to subscribe, check out the latest episodes and everything in between, as well as going to girlssoccernetwork.com. Our Instagram is at girlssoccernetwork and our Twitter is at girlssoccernet. Okay, so I think it's only time that we dive right into what we just witnessed. The United States defeated the Netherlands 2-0 in a World Cup final. And if I'm being totally real with you, it felt a little anticlimactic in a sense. Like it didn't feel like a final. It didn't feel like a World Cup final like it did four years ago against Japan. Obviously, that was an, another revenge game for them, you know, in order to finally get that third star which you know it had been a while right it was almost like the feeling from that first one four years ago as part of this back-to-back kind of dynasty that we have here is that that was more relief like wow we did it I mean it was you know we were doubted but we did it and we did it impressively and again even more so this time it almost seemed like an expectation not just for us as the fans but for the team itself and the way that they carried themselves from start to finish their mentality and and that's something that I've harped on a bunch on this show is what is your mental makeup going into this and they managed to keep a even-keeled calm composed demeanor mentality this entire tournament from start to finish you can't i mean every single one of them performed to the level that they were supposed to perform there was not a single player where you could say hmm this person really didn't play all that well and they did not contribute in any way everyone played a contribution which was what makes this even more special for i'm sure the players and and you know for us to be able to to witness it and watch it so i mean what an incredible win this time yet yeah, it was more of an expectation because you know you beat France you beat England and you're looking at Holland and you're saying all right they have some attacking players but players like Shanice van der Sanden just disappeared and that too playing in the same country where she plays her club football I mean it was a little surprising to see van der Sanden kind of just fade away if she was in good form it could have been a completely different game in terms of with Miedema and Van der Donk and Cherie de Spitze, who also was great in the semifinal against Sweden. You know, if you're Holland, it's tough luck, you know, better luck next time, but so much for them to build on as a country moving forward. I mean, just tremendous run of success that they have had. They deserve a ton of credit for what they have built as well. They will be back. They will absolutely be back. 
they have so much talent. But it, it really was the first 45 minutes a masterclass tactically. I think Jill Ellis and the Americans were not necessarily prepared for a kind of like a change in shape defensively. And that made a big difference in, in that first half in terms of the United States were just consistently being direct direct looking to play balls over the top not really possessing all that much in in terms of in Holland's half kind of like with some nice interplay there wasn't really much of that they kept it nice and compact in the midfield especially in their own half Holland did so the first 45 minutes it was pretty much a wash right nil nil you're looking at Holland's keeper who won the golden glove Vanderdal. I mean what a tournament for her to win keeper of the tournament, and she was phenomenal in that first half. There was a save that she made where Mewis surely thought her header was going to go past her, but it hit the side of her stomach, and just enough to keep the ball from going in. I mean, what a dramatic save. She made a couple of those in that first half, so that's pretty much how it went. And then second half was more of the same. I mean, the United States probing and creating chances, but eventually, right, the chance came. VAR, fittingly, in the last game of the tournament, playing a role in the United States winning the World Cup. But again, it was correctly implemented. Megan Rapino, as come as you like, her winning player of the tournament, we'll get to that in a minute, but that was the first one. And then, of course, less than 10 minutes later, Rose Lavelle, with a moment of pure magic, she is just something special, isn't she? I mean, I need to eat my words thinking she can't be a midfielder. I mean, clearly, she has flourished in this role. I mean, I, again, I still believe it. I'll still stand by that I would love to see her as a winger, and I think she will be a future winger once, you know, Heath and Rapino call it quits. But... I think right now where she is in that spot, I mean, she was phenomenal. How can you ask for anything more? And so Holland gave her too much space, left-footed shot, far right corner, and that's game set match. It's game over. You kind of just got the sense that Holland knew that they were not going to be able to muster much up at all. So And, and they, they really didn't, which was unfortunate, but I think they just ran out of gas. You heard on the broadcast how hadn't used many subs this was the team that had gotten them there and they played a ton of minutes especially that 120 minute match against Sweden that probably took a lot out of them so it was unfortunate for Holland but again U.S. women's national team are world champions I can't it's just what a feeling for us to be able to to witness this and really it they really stuck it to everyone let's put let's get that clear they really stuck it to everyone this entire way trailblazing the entire way you think about alex morgan's pinky celebration which drew a lot of blowback for no reason when no one says anything about guys celebrating in professional sports on the men, on the men's side whether it's basketball football no one says anything about that people let them express themselves but then when she makes something that may be deemed as disrespectful all of a sudden we have a double standard here i thought you know the way she handled that was amazing then of course you have pino kind of being the ring leader and really kind of just taking on all of the responsibility towards the end like especially towards the end i mean her contribution in terms of her goals and her penalties right and she may not have had the best tournament overall, which is what I'm going to get to now. For me, it was probably Rose Lavelle. I think you know, Rose Lavelle had the best overall tournament, but again, Pino, because she won the Golden Boot, it's all all but a likelihood that you know she's going to get that as well. With how she's blazed a trail this entire World Cup as well, with her 
Like, she's she took so much attention away off the rest of the team. And when you do that, it helps everyone focus on what they need to do. Pino is such a boss that she can say, I'm going to shoulder the responsibility here. And you guys can follow me. It was fitting that she got the captain's armband in the final when, for the most part, Alex Morgan had the captain's armband this tournament. So that was, you know, a big deal. It was Pino's day. It was Rose's day. And for both of them to do what they did, I mean, it was an exclamation point on a tremendous, tremendous World Cup. Now, these guys, where do they fall in the legacy of greatest of all time status? We will get to that later on in the show. But in terms of what this means for women's soccer, I mean, finally, all of the things that we have been talking about, everything that we have talked about over these last 20 plus episodes, in terms of the culmination of how American Women's Soccer League is going to grow, the NWSL, how is it going to grow? Now it is going to happen. Two major events transpired while the World Cup was going on that are very recent within the last week or so, and they are just critical to, you know, to the NWSL success. I mean, you're looking at an ESPN deal, which again, like I mentioned, have been calling on it forever and ever and ever, and this is what makes it legit. This is what legitimizes it on a real sports channel a real sports programming channel i mean this is what it's supposed to be now that you're gonna have more games you're gonna have a great perfect replacement for i don't have to watch the national cornhole championships on espn 2 at three o'clock on a sunday (laughs) now we actually have real nwsl soccer to get us through the rest of the summer which is going to be amazing it's going to be a great second half what that does for the league i mean so many more people are going to have eyeballs on this league now because of the deal. So just in terms of commercials and sponsorships and everything else, right? You're looking at now Budweiser jumping in and becoming the official beer of the NWSL. And I cannot tell you, like, when a company like Budweiser puts money into your league, they are like one of the kings. Like, football season, literally Everything is driven around beer commercials. Everything. They spend, beer companies spend some of the most exorbitant amounts of money on advertising, and it works for them. And so for them to be putting their money in the league speaks volumes about they they think that this is a viable product, and it was just as big of a deal when Visa signed the deal with France, Barclays signing the deal with the Premier League, now it's Budweiser signing the deal with the NWSL. It has been a domino effect, one after the other after the other, and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And now, the other thing that is key here, because of how well the World Cup did, Gianni Infantino is already talking about expanding from 24 to 32, which is what it should be. We want it to be equal all the way across, right? I think we need more teams. Granted, will that impact the quality of play in some matches probably because it will be there will be other teams similar to thailand who will just get beat up by certain teams in their group like it'll just be a a showing to be there for the three games because they may not be able to necessarily pull off all that much but you'll still have more great stories more games better quality goals i mean everything will just improve with 32 teams so It's what these women deserve to have an expansion, and hopefully it gets done before the next World Cup. And and also, by making it 32, like now there's also some teams like 
that missed out that could have been fun to watch. Switzerland is a team that comes to mind. They missed out just barely in qualification. They would have been a fun team to watch. So there's always, you know, one or two teams who always miss out who may now also have a, a little bit of a better shot of going to the next one. So 32 teams for the World Cup, another big deal. And again, you can see the direct correlation to the World Cup, what it did, what honestly, the fact that this happened before the U.S. women even won speaks to how well this has gone. More than a billion people are tuning in to watch this World Cup, and it has finally arrived. This is a tipping point. This could be something unlike anything we've ever seen for women's soccer. Like, this could be a tipping point in its history. Finally, it is getting the backing that it deserves, and we will see if it can be sustained. Now it's up to the fans, it's up to us to promote it, to make it as great as we can possibly make it. We cannot afford to let this opportunity slip. We cannot afford to let this opportunity slip. This needs to be the best second half of the year ever. And it will be because right now the NWSL is really heating up. Really, really heating up. And we will get to that in a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor, Striker Elite. Based out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Striker Elite develops confident, creative, and elite players in soccer and for life. After instructing players seeking to play at the highest level, Coach George Nahorski quickly recognized the need for an environment that helped these players excel at a rapid pace. That's where the creation of an academy that would specialize in training soccer players was born. Focusing on player development, the curriculum at Striker Elite emphasizes technical skills, tactical awareness, mental toughness, character, leadership, and confidence. They currently have U.S. Development Academy, ECNL, ODP, and college players at Striker Elite, as well as aspiring players seeking to play professionally. Striker Elite trainers are qualified and have extensive playing and coaching experience. Whether you're a club player looking to take your game to the next level and become a college or professional player, they will help you fulfill your goals. They provide elite one-on-one training, partner training, small group and team training, plus elite camps. For more information, go to www.strikerelitesoccer.com. Alrighty, so we get you caught up on the latest weekend of NWSL action, and what a weekend it was over the holidays. Goals aplenty. We start with the North Carolina Courage, who have come back in a big, big way. They really ran roughshod over the Houston Dash, whose defense, again, issues are still apparently there surrounding this team. So they have to get it together. They have to get it together. But it is a tight, tight race at the moment. The Courage have currently moved themselves up to second with the win. One point behind Rain FC. Kristen Hamilton, are you kidding me? I mean, we talked about the hat trick last month, but four goals against Houston? I mean, what did Houston ever do to you? Seriously, Kristen Hamilton, because she went off. She's in great form, and that's what the courage do. This, I mean, this is what's great. The successful teams in the league, the teams that are always successful, develop talent the best, bottom line, because you have different ways of going about it. Yes, you can draft players, and then you, you obviously have your first round picks who you expect to start and expect to play, and then you have other guys and girls who you get later on in drafts and then you develop them this is the exact benefit of that i mean look at how good Kristen hamilton has been killer with four goals so tough to stop her you're looking at of course 
Rain were able to go top thanks to a 1-0 win over their arch rival, the Portland Thorns. It's always a great rivalry to, to tune in to that one. Uh, it was Cecilia Jimenez of Spain, who of course was sent home by the U.S. Women's National Team in the round of 16, but she came back, fired home a rocket shot. That was the winner, and that was all they needed to get the three points. So good win for the Rain as they move forward. Bethany Balser continues to get starts. It's going to be fun this, the rest of the season. I'm very, very excited. We move next to the Washington Spirit, whose defense had been so rock solid. We were talking about how great Sam Staub and Paige Nielsen have been together as a center back pairing, but earlier in the weekend, it was not great. I mean, look, they hung around for a while. It, it was just Marta and the Pride finally turned it on. I mean, wow. It is been a long time coming they are second from bottom orlando but for rachel hill smashing one home she clearly needed that one badly marta is playing a whole lot better and it could not be at a better time now with alex morgan returning to the pride so it's going to be a whole lot of fun to see if the pride can really start to get it going now but yeah for them to score as many goals um, as they did it's, it's a great sign to see for the pride Remove Sky Blue getting a very surprising first win of the season in Chicago. I mean, what can you say about Sky Blue trading away Savannah McCaskill to that very team and then beating them anyway? Rocky Rodriguez with a calm finish to get one, and then Jen Hoy, who of course is a big part of Girls Soccer Network in a couple different ways as a holistic health coach. It was great to see her get a goal. Persevering after a first shot was blocked, it was great to see. 2-1, to one, Cole Aprico responded on the other end, but it was too little too late. Chicago surprisingly losing to... I mean, look, Sky Blue looked good out there in terms of their passing and their combination play, so maybe they're starting to click, and we've seen it before, and we've said it time and time again. They can play, it's just, can they score? And now Carly Lloyd returns. So, you know, sky blue, things looking up. Things could be looking up. The Royals now sit middle of the table as they were idle, obviously, this week. So they were near the top, but have slightly faltered in their last couple. You're looking at a loss and a draw. 17 points, currently in fifth place, one behind the spirit. So as of right now, your four playoff teams would be Rain FC, North Carolina Courage, Portland Thorns and the Washington Spirit. Not even close to what I had tried to predict earlier, which makes me look silly because you're looking at thought the Courage would be one, Red Stars would be two, and then I had Portland three. So Portland right there is good. And then the fourth spot, I believe I went with the Houston Dash. And they were looking great, but in their last five games, yeesh, three draws, two losses, and a poor run of form at the moment. They really need to get it going. And that's the thing, like, other than Rachel Daly and I guess Claire Porkinghorn, Alicia Chapman. They did have some World Cup players, but you still have Kaylee Ohi. You still have other players there that you can use that can still play. So that's a little unfortunate, but overall, when you look at the NWSL and how it's going to go the rest of the way with the sponsorships, with the money and the backing behind it. It's going to be an exciting, exciting time for the rest of the summer. What's huge is the playoff games are going to be on it as well. I'm so happy. This is what we have been waiting for. This is like finally everything that we could have hoped for from this World Cup has finally come to fruition. So now we are looking at a potential growth spurt 
like now once this starts to pick up steam things could go really really well again we're thinking about Mia Hamm and LAFC potentially coming into the mix who knows you also have the Hartford based team with Christine Lilly and a bunch of others so there's another team in the mix as well so it's going to be huge for this league like this is everything we could have hoped for at this stage I mean whew, and now hopefully more is to come Hopefully more sponsorships come in and, and we can get to a point where Americans can finally realize, hey, women's soccer is legitimate, it's here to stay, and there's nothing that you can do about it, whether you like it or not. And I also love that the U.S. Women's National Team is not going to the White House. Don't want to get too political, but tell them Megan. Tell them Megan Rapino. All part of this insane journey that was the World Cup and how they went so far together as a group. It truly was an incredible, incredible run. Now word from our second sponsor, Topical Gear. Topical Gear was formed in 2011 by a team of professionals from the orthopedic sports medicine field. Collectively, this team has over two centuries of knowledge in athletic training, biomechanics, product development, manufacturing, sports medicine, arthroscopy, and the pioneering of products in the orthopedic sports medicine market. Their team is constantly on the field or in the gym getting feedback directly from parents, players, coaches, and athletic trainers as part of their continuing effort to develop products that help increase female athletes' performance while keeping them healthy. All of their products are backed by professional published research and tested by real athletes at both the high school and college level. All you soccer players, parents, and other athletes out there Go to www.compressioninmotion.com and check out the T25 knee along with other shoulder and ankle products. All right, to kind of wrap up the show, kind of wanted to bring everything full circle with the U.S. Women's National Team and what their legacy is. And I think, first off, I can say how happy I am to be dead wrong to have picked England and how they just stuck it to them and just handled their business. They proved once and for all that they are the greatest women's soccer team of all time. And then also on top of that, one of the greatest assembled teams ever. And I think, right, people always look into in sports, the dream team in the 90s for the Barcelona Olympics, right? That team is largely thought of to be the greatest team that has ever assembled. But that was for the Olympics. Here we go in this World Cup age. How does this team stack up? I would say top to bottom, it's pretty stacked. You look at the three keepers, all three of them could have played at any point, and you would have been more than comfortable. I mean, Nair was phenomenal, right? She was the hero of the game in the semis. I mean, she finally had her moment. She's a great shot stopper, and I've and I've always said that. It's more so... I've had my doubts with her regarding her hesitant in some moments in terms of coming out to contest balls on set pieces or decision making in one-on-one scenarios, but she was top-notch. She was perfect. No complaints. And again, I have to eat my words. I apologize. Apologize to the entire team for even saying that they were not capable of getting it done because they did, and they did it really, really well. So you look at the three keepers, you don't even need to worry about that. Then you look at left and right back kelly o'hara and crystal dunn were amazing and neither one of them actually play that position they could both be midfielders for any other team at the world cup right any other team at the world cup those two you could insert them into their midfield and they would be amazing so one more offensive minded than the other in some ways but they both can get it done offensively so there you go i mean that's just there and then doll kemper and Sauerbrunn, that's a combo that has worked for us, and I think now 
you know they have truly established it for for years now we'll see if how long they keep this pairing together that's really what it comes down to how long can they keep it together that's i guess part of the reason why we have tierna davidson kind of coming along for the ride and experiencing this you didn't even get to mention her she obviously appeared in one game but uh, that's obviously the future you're looking to hand that off right and she can be a plug-and-play type of center back for becky sauerbrunn so i think those two of course back line rock solid ali krieger came in of course because o'hara got hurt in the final so krieger got some minutes as well she was running around out there looking great you go through the midfield sam mewis right again could start for any of the teams lindsey haran to me they're both like top five top ten midfielders in the world mewis and haran we got them on the same team and they both play similar style, similar positions. And that is, I think, why Jill Ellis kind of rotated them in and out with each other. So one game it was Mewis. So Mewis played the quarters against France, right? Haran played in the semis against England. And then Mewis again in the final. So you had Mewis and you had Ertz, who, of course, is Julie Ertz. I mean, what more can we say about her? She's a beast. And then Roosevelt, who as I mentioned, probably should have been player of the tournament. I mean, every single game that the United States had, she had a hand in it, impacted. And I can't believe I would ever think of saying that she shouldn't have been playing in that midfield spot. But again, phenomenal. She should have been player of the tournament. Bulletproof midfield. Mallory Pugh didn't even get to do all that much. And like I said, I feel like she is better as a super sub. You think about Carly Lloyd didn't necessarily have to do all that much in in the knockout rounds but again they're along for the ride you think about going back to the defense emily sonnet didn't have to do all that much either like this team is so incredibly deep like you can keep going and going and going ali long didn't see the field at all mo Bryan, who i mean i didn't think she deserved to get the spot so i think it would have been cool if like mccall zerboni was there to experience this but regardless don't take nothing away from morgan bryan and she of course deserves to be there and we're happy that you know she's also there with the team she didn't get a chance to play all that much either you think about how good just from top to bottom and then of course up top three of the five <laughs> like this is the thing like when the guardian came out with their top 100 players list like to me, it's not even a question how we have, like, between Mewis, Horan, Morgan, Rapino, and Heath, those five are all top 10 players, in my opinion. In some form, they have to be in the discussion for overall just pure quality. And they are, absolutely. In terms of just creative genius, or at least, well, at least maybe not, if you don't put them in your top 10, maybe you put them, at least those three, Pino, Heath, Morgan, top three of the top five offensive players in the world if we if we were to go in that direction but from top to bottom stacked it's one of the best teams ever put together without question and it was a joy it was seriously a joy and a dream to watch them do this and we are blessed and grateful to be able to watch them do this and we need to appreciate it as much as we possibly can and you're looking at are they better than what germany did in going back to back yes and i think when we look ahead now four years from now depending on who is still around who is still healthy will megan rapino be back at age 38 who knows it could be a changing of the guard by the time the next world cup cycle rolls around so we have no idea what could be to come and will the team be strong enough to potentially three-peat no clue. Will Alex Morgan be back? Will Tobin Heath be back? No clue. In four years from now, anything is possible. So that's what's going to make it very, very interesting moving forward. But yeah, 
the U.S. Women's National Team are world champions once more. Four stars, baby. Four stars. That's all there is to it. Jill Ellis, you are a genius. We should all never doubt you ever, ever, ever again. Ever. We will never do it. People wanted you fired after the first World Cup, and that was silly because you had just won the World Cup. And again, people were worried about this, that you would get fired if you did not win this one. So, I mean, really, it was like, darned if you do, darned if you don't, but you really made it work, and you really just took everyone else to the cleaners in terms of your decisions. They were unorthodox, but it worked out for you because she knew kind of the pulse of her team, and that is so critical as a coach. It doesn't matter how amazingly great this team is if you don't have a coach that can bring them together, make them work together. There have been some incredibly talented teams in any sport who have never been successful and have never gotten to the pinnacle because of they didn't have great coaching, because they didn't have a coach that could bring them all together. And Jill Ellis is that coach. We may get on her about her tactics, but the bottom line is from where they were mentally, from how they bonded with each other, from how they were together as a group, she was a great people manager of all of those players. And that was the most critical thing. And she kind of just said, hey, our natural talent is going to come through in the end if we just do our job. If we just stay steady and do our job, it'll happen for us. And in the end, it was their natural talent that came through along with their mentality because they didn't necessarily run rings around everyone in this run but they got it done with grit determination and that's really how we as americans right want it to be done so on july 4th weekend it once again happens and we get to be patriotic once more so happy fourth weekend y'all and that is it for episode 23 of give and go i am your host rotas wadera thank you so much for tuning in again you can get this episode and all the other episodes of Give and Go on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as the Give and Go tab at girlsoccernetwork.com. So be sure to check that out, guys. Again, USA, baby. I believe that we will win. See you in two weeks, guys.